real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real phony gon' recognize, still, still recognize with Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine, now throw your hands up in the sky. Sometimes they hit me up on the on the uh, email or on the podcast email or 
Facebooks or the, the Hip Hop Conservative page, you know, whatever. So they contact us and let us know how they feel about the show, and uh, that's cool. You know, that's what we that's what we expect, and that's what we respect. So you know, call my name, say my name, I'll let me know how you like the show. But uh, you know, this week has been one very very trying week for your boy Pudgy, because uh, early on this week I had a motorcycle accident and. Uh, that was absolutely unexpected by me. I mean, I, I don't think anybody expected that. And uh, But, you know, I'm still here, man. So, you know how they say the devil's a lie? The devil is a lie. You can't take me out like that, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm built like that. I'm stronger than that. I'm a strong kid, strong guy, strong man, and I'm out here. So, you know, you can't take me out like that, you know, just from a single motorcycle accident. So I'm still here, man. My, my bike is down for the moment. I wish I had it all, but we got we to gotta work on getting some buttons. But, uh I don't have an all button, but my bike is down and out for the count, but I'm still here, and, um, you know, I just got to keep going, man, you know, it's, it's nothing major, nothing major, I've got a few bumps and bruises, scraped up a little bit, a little bit sore, probably got whiplash, my knees scraped up, right side of my body is bruised up pretty bad, but um, I'm still here, man, to keep doing what we do, and uh, I think I'm still alive just so I could do this show for y'all, I mean, I don't know what else is that important, you know what I'm saying, I, I don't know. But I think that uh, the good Lord kept me alive to do this show for y'all. Let me stop. But that's probably that's probably part of the reason, outside of the the other most important things in my life. But uh, hey, it is what it is, man. And uh, got some good information for you guys this Sunday because there was a lot of things going on this weekend. By the way, South Carolina, uh, Charleston, Columbia, man, it was really going down in South Carolina. There were a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people in Charleston, South Carolina this weekend. And and Charleston is such a beautiful place, by the way, man. I, I didn't realize Charleston was that beautiful. I, I think I've been to Charleston one time before, and uh, I didn't realize how how beautiful Charleston was and how beautiful the people in Charleston was, man. So it was a lot of love going on in Charleston, man. People actually showed us a lot of love and uh, a lot of appreciation for the things that we do. You know, I had a lot of people saying, you know, thank you for what you guys do and keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, we kind of did a road trip. Uh, myself, my brother Kevin Daniels, you know, president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, also another director of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, my man Earl Phillip, and uh, my brother Trey Baldwin, also a member of the Frederick Douglass Foundation in Holder in Durham County. Uh, we all hit the road. And, uh, you know, we got down to Charleston on uh, Friday morning, sometime Friday afternoon. or No, I think it was Friday morning. And, uh, we, yeah, it was, it was Friday morning. We got down there. And uh, we met folks and that we had to meet, and we actually went into the conference expecting uh, Newt Gingrich to speak at 8.30, and uh, Speaker Gingrich actually canceled. Um, you know, the, the major news outlets were there. Every every single major news outlet was there, and they were waiting on Speaker Gingrich, and uh, there were a lot of people outside campaigning. And it seems like everywhere you turn, there were people there that, that would hand you a flyer or there were, let me tell you something about the whole weekend though, just, just by the way, because this is the first thing that I noticed, but Ron Paul supporters, Ron Paul must have a cult like following. <laughs> let me tell you, these people were out there, man. Let me tell you in the rain, cold, it didn't matter. The Ron Paul supporters were out there, baby with flyers and, 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 you know, you couldn't even do a news broadcast, Harley, because some Ron Paul supporter would be on the playground with the Ron Paul sign and screaming, Woo, yeah, go Ron Paul, baby, yeah, Constitution. You know, they were out there, man, and, and they were all over the place. And 
it seems like, I mean, no disrespect to Dr. Paul, and, and you know, I, I feel like he does some great things, and, and he says some prolific things, too. And uh, I, I respect what Dr. Paul has to say, um, but a lot, of, a lot of things I just don't agree with Dr. Paul with. I, he's somewhat a loose cannon on, on some of the ideals that he have and some of the things that he believes, you know, just from the business world and the business perspective, I happen to know just won't work for society. So, you know, anyway, but besides my personal beliefs about Dr. Paul, I think he does some great things. I think he's he he's well spoken. He has some uh some very some very individual ideas about things and he definitely supports the constitution at all costs. And I will say that about the man. He's very consistent on that issue. But uh the Ron Paul people were definitely in the house. They were all over the place. They couldn't be stopped, man. If you, you know, I saw a time where a Fox reporter got so aggravated with him. Uh, actually, it was a CNN reporter, but he got so aggravated with him, he had, he had to just stop his broadcast, and I couldn't help but laugh, man. It was a beautiful thing, and they got a kick out of that. And I mean, a lot of them were like college kids or, you know, young adults in their early 20s or something like that. And, uh, you know, the Ron Paul supporters were in the house, man. So they were all over Charleston, all over Columbia, and, and you know, they were really out there. But uh, like I said, when we arrived on Friday, we expected uh, Speaker Gingrich to, uh, you know, come speak to the crowd. And uh, actually he had to cancel, but, and it was because of the turnout. And uh, additional to that, what I, what I really noticed about the events after the debate is that a lot of people went home. You know, I, people showed up for the debate, and I, I forget the number of tickets that, that were said that they sold, but a lot of people showed up for the debate, and they got up out of there. I mean, I don't know if they went home. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to go home, but you got to get up out of here. So <laughs> they got up out of there, man. People came to Charleston and went. They came and they went, and they were gone. And, uh, you know, we just didn't see a lot of people turn out to some of the other activities that were going on. But needless to say, man, they were still – uh, more than uh, you know, a normal amount of people still still there, and people were still hanging out. People were still kicking it, and you know the supporters were definitely in the house. And you knew the big money supporters from the small time supporters. Let me believe me, the bling bling was in the house, and I'm not talking about the chains. I'm talking about the diamonds, baby. The bling blings were in the house. The party dresses, the tuxedos. It was a beautiful thing to see people out there celebrating for what they believe, man. And uh, I, you know, it was beautiful to me. I don't know about anybody else, but I, I love to see people out there, you know, supporting their candidate and celebrating this, that, and the third, man. Because when, you, when you're when you doing something, you know, outside of whatever I believe about any candidate or, or outside of what you believe about any candidate or this, that, and the third, one thing that's B-I-G to me, that's B-I-G in my book, is for people to support by all means. And, uh, you know, that's what we have. That's what I've been seeing. And, and even for the president, man, there are people out there that just support bar none. And, uh, you know, what can you say about supporters, man? So that's not showing love to the to the candidates or, or you know, to, to the people who are actually doing things, but this is just showing love to all the supporters out there. So, you know, B.I.G., shout-out to all my supporters. B.I.G., shout-out to all the candidate, candidate supporters. And, uh, you know, you guys go hard, man. I, and I really appreciate the supporters who come through and always show love and who's always calling in and writing on the blog and, you know, telling a friend and emailing. I definitely appreciate that. And uh, I'm not too busy to say that I don't, that I, that I do appreciate that because I, I try to take every 
single day to tell somebody thank you. And I appreciate how you hold me down. And, you know, I appreciate the move and the drive and the love that you show. So, you know, take the time. And if you got supporters out there, people that are supporting things that you do, take the time to tell them thank you. You know, a simple thank you, a simple I appreciate it. Thanks for holding me down. I appreciate your efforts. You know, keep coming, telling a friend. Thank you for telling a friend. You know, whatever. Thank you for stopping by. I mean, if you're having an event, you know, whatever, man, because thank you really goes a long way. And uh, if anybody knows, like I know, time is of the essence, and time is very important to all of us. So, you know, take the time to tell folks thank you, man, and, and let them know you appreciate them, and Let them know that they are B-I-G in your book, like I do. All my people, you are B B-I-G in my book, man, B-I-G. So, you know, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this week, man. We, this this Sunday, I said this week, excuse me. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit this Sunday. We're going to talk about the GOP debate and uh, I got some uh, some quotes on here that I'm going to play for you guys. And if we can get them queued up, we're having some problems getting some of the things off because I just got back late last night. And it's hell preparing for a show in one day. It's just not possible. And, uh, you know, I was pretty sore all week. And, you know, so many things have been happening. So we're going to try to queue some of these things up. But at least we do have some things from the debate that we're going to play. And Newt Gingrich made a comeback, like, where my rocking music, dun-dun-dun, 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 Newt Gingrich came back, despite how I feel about Newt, because I've just never been a Newt supporter, but I will say, I will say, I'm, I'm the first to admit this now, I'll be honest, Newt has raised my eyebrows a little bit about some things that he said, and I don't know if they're sincere, but some things that he said, and, uh, you know, the way he's kind of, kind of, come across a little bit. I mean, I, you know, when it comes to hip hop, like I like Jay-Z cause Jay-Z got that edge about him a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I put in work and the work shows for itself. So, you know, I'm not by no means equating Newt Gingrich to Jay-Z cause I don't think Newt goes that hard, but I will say his track record is speaking, his track record shows. And right now he's holding it down. So I'll be back in just a second, man. I got to go to a commercial, and then we're going to bring on Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. I see her queued up here because we saved her name in the system, or or either John typed the name in. Or I, I don't know, but her name is in the system, and that means Charlotte is coming up here in just a second. But we got a couple commercials to go to. We'll be, be back in, in, in 60, 60, 60, seconds, seconds, seconds. We'll be right back. You're listening to the KIRP Radio Show, baby, www.KIRPRadioShow.com, the number one black conservative radio show in the land okay the southeast united states but i'm gonna say in the land 619-638-8559 is the number let me know what you think about the gop debate what you think about what's going on can new romney Santorum, or paul beat obama i don't i want to know what you guys think about that we'll be right back you rocking with your boy pudgy at nc pudgy on twitter at kirp radio show on twitter is the show hit us up one love we'll be right back Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the life ever. Scientific tests prove when you drink Dr. Pepper slow, the 23 flavors taste even better. 
For me, flow always produces a hit. Slower is better. Trust me. I'm a doctor. K-I-R-P Radio! Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show, baby. First commercial coming up right now is my girl Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Always showing us some love and letting us know how we can live a little bit more frugal. Shout out to all my people out there who's supporting the KIRP Radio Show. If you're on Twitter, hit that hashtag KIRP or hashtag KIRP Radio Show. Let everybody know we are on the air right now. If you got a comment, dial 619-638-8559 is the number. Please make sure you hit number one if you got a comment, because otherwise we just let people rock. We just let you guys listen to the show. And a lot of people are writing me and saying, why you never get me on the show? Why you never? So, you know, hit number one and we'll get you on the show as soon as possible. We'll try to do our thing. But I uh, appreciate you guys rocking out there with us. Anyway, Charlotte is on the air right now. Charlotte, how are you, love? I'm doing well. How are you? You know what? I'm doing a lot better right now. I'm highly medicated right this minute, but I'm doing better. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh-oh. <laughs> Couple I I'm not really, I didn't hear the whole thing of what happened to you. <laughs> yeah, well, um, long story short, someone had an accident outside of my, my job, and I was leaving work, so I drove down a little further, and it, the road was slick. So uh, when I got on the road, I saw the back of my bike. I, I never straightened up. You know how you get into the lane and, you know, you straighten yourself up. But I, I've never straightened up. The bike was sliding around. The car in front of me slammed on brakes. So I had to lock it down going about 30 or 40, I guess. And another car was coming behind me and the truck was in the other lane. So it was like either I either I, I lock it down and drop this bike or I get hit by a car or a truck. So I chose to lock it down and, you know, put the bike on the ground and it threw me a little bit. But I'm better. I'm good. I'm good, though. Yeah, I saw it on Facebook, but I didn't hear what happened. So, well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, I'm definitely good, man. Thank God, though. Thank God. Because those are the words in my head. I said, oh, my God. Thank you, God. So, you know, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm here. So, are you hanging the bike up, or are you going to get back on it? Oh, no. This is good. This is a good excuse for me to get a bigger bike, to be honest. I just got to tell the truth. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling the truth. It's It's a good excuse for me to get another bike. I'm going to get that one fixed. But I was already looking at another bike anyway, so you know I don't ride too reckless. I like to go fast, but I, I don't I don't drive stupid crazy. Yeah, they're dangerous. My mom's laid her bike down twice actually. Woo! So. <laughs> she didn't hurt herself like permanently, did she? No, just things banged up. Yeah, but she's she's done. After the second time, she was like, okay, <laughs> that's it. Not huh? riding bikes anymore. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Shout out to your mom, man. She's big in my book too. I hope my I hope my people wasn't listening to that. Shaw, what you got for us this week? Well, I was kind of um, going to talk about a couple. I might split this up into like two or three weeks, depending on how much information I can find for you guys. Mm-hmm. But I was going to talk about the common ripoffs in supermarkets, some things Ooh. you might not know about that you might be overpaying for. 
Oh, we definitely need to know about that. We we definitely need that. Let 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 the people know, Charlotte. You got the floor. Okay. Well, believe it or not, there's well, there's a lot of things that you might be overpaying for and you just aren't realizing it. So I've been doing some research and I found some things that I thought were pretty interesting, so I thought I'd share it. And um, I'm going to do some more research. So if I can find some more stuff, I'll bring it to you next week. Um, so we'll catch up on the same topic. But um, so a couple of things that I that I first found that I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of my readers ask me about like um, buying in bulk and you know the Sam's Club, Costco type thing. And this kind of runs along the same lines in grocery stores. I'm not a huge proponent of buying in bulk. The reason is, is yes, like our moms taught us to shop based on the price per unit. But when you coupon and you, um, you know, learn how to pay for things the thrifty way, you'll learn that buying in bulk is not always the smartest because, number one, you're paying for them to package your smaller items into one big box. So you're going to pay extra for that. Number two, you um, can't use multiple coupons on one item. So let's say, like, if they've got um, two packages of cereal in one box, you're only going to be able to use that one coupon versus if I go to the grocery store and buy the smaller package um, individually and use a coupon, I'm going to be able to use, you know, get my lowest possible price on the item and get my highest value coupon and, you know, really shrink in my savings. So that's one of the main reasons why I don't suggest buying in bulk. Um, so just be careful about looking at that price per unit because that's not always the best deal. So that's where they, they kind of get you because we've been trained to look at that. But because things are changing and evolving, we've got to retrain the way that we, we shop, basically. So that's what I'm going to help you guys with. Um, number one, don't buy in bulk. And um, after you look at the price, um, per unit, deduct your, your amount of your coupons that you would be using and then recalculate that price per unit to determine which one's the best buy. Um, another thing is always check your receipts because a lot of times um, grocery stores' prices change so frequently and things throughout their store are always changing and they don't always update um, you know, the systems as properly as they should. So, I mean, I would say Maybe eight times out of ten that I go shopping, I have an issue with my receipt. So I say that not to deter you, but I say that so that you start being more cognizant of what you're actually spending and is it really what you're supposed to be spending. So um, I constantly am looking at the register as it's being, you know, everything is being run up and things are deducting. I know how much things are supposed to be. This is a little side note, but it kind of kills me because I'll ask my mother-in-law if she finds something like, oh, how much did you spend on this? She's like, I have no idea. I'm like, how do you not have any idea on how much you just paid for something? It's just second nature for me, I guess, to always be looking um, at prices of things. So number one, just becoming aware of how much things are, how much you're really spending. Um, and number two, checking your receipt. I cannot tell you this. Uh, enough and drill this into your head, but you need to always check your receipts and make sure that the item that you saw on that shelf that you thought was a good deal is actually ringing up on your receipt. Um, also be aware of store policies because um, like one of our local grocery stores, their store policy is that if 
an item ranks higher than the amount on the shelf, and you know you can take them back there and improve the shelf price. Then they will um, give you the difference from the price that was supposed to be to the um, price that it rang up, and then they'll also give you an item of like value for free. So you know maybe it'd be another box of spirit, whatever it was you bought, another like item. So by knowing that policy, you know I'm able to not only correct my problem, but I'm also able to get another item for free just for the mistake. So. Um, by being aware of my receipt, I'm also able to save money because I would have been overcharged. And by knowing the source policy, I'm also able to, um, you know, gain from that as well. So those are just some quick um, things that you need to, you know, be more conscious of when you're grocery shopping. So I have a lot more to talk about. Um, I don't want to go over because you know I intend to talk a lot, but those are just two things for you to look at your next grocery trip um, before we talk again next week. So. That's cool. I like that. That's some good tips too. I, you know, I'm probably I'm probably guilty too. Matter of fact, not probably, but I'm I'm very guilty of not checking my bill um, after I go shopping. Uh, it's it's like I'm under the assumption that everything was already right. You know what I mean? You kind of look at it as they're scanning, but I don't know. I just I don't look at the bill when I get home too often. It you I mean I'm not exaggerating when I say eight times out of ten there's something wrong with my receipt. Um, you know, like you, it might be that a coupon got stuck together and they didn't scan it, or it could be that um, you know just the item was put in the wrong spot on the shelf. You know, a lot yeah. of people put things back. Um, so there just could be a number of different things, or their systems just didn't get updated before that sale. Um, hmm. So you you really would be surprised. <laughs> I mean, what do you do though once you realize? I mean, I mean, you take it back to the store. Let's say if you're home though, and you and you're going through your bills and you look at it and you realize something is wrong. What's the proper way of taking it back to the to the store? Um, well, usually I check my receipt before I leave the store. But if you're in a hurry, um, then I always just try to call as soon as I recognize the problem. And um, ask to speak to a manager, let them know the situation. I usually get their name, and they're they're always willing to say, okay, this is when I work, and feel free to come back in during this time, and I'll be happy to take care of the situation. So, um, you know, I always make sure I have a name, I write that down, and I always make sure I go back on the same time that person said they were working. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that you don't have to explain your situation again and, and you know, maybe not get it solved. So, you know, speaking to someone that's in charge that can correct your situation and then making sure that you go back to talk to them. So just as soon as you become aware, do something about it. Because if you wait, you know, and this has happened to me, but, you know, I'll wait and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go back or I don't want to drag this back up here for a few dollars. Yeah. So the best thing really to do is check before you leave. And, I mean, I've stood there at the end of the cashier's line and looked at my receipt and scanned over it. I've even got to the car, looked again, because I'm like, something's not right. And I'll find the problem. It might take me a minute, but that's a minute that's worth me doing. Because, you know, I've had errors sometimes that were 5 to $10 off. Mm-hmm. So that's worth it to me to stand, you know, stand there for a couple extra minutes. <laughs> I agree. I definitely think it's worth it when you when you go back. Do you normally have? I mean, you said it's been eight to ten times, so that's pretty normal. But do you normally have problems mm-hmm. when you take the stuff back? I mean, do they do they give you a, a real hassle? Because you know you you're using a coupon and then you take it back right. and and then you're going, hey, it, it it seems like it would be pretty hard to determine 
you know, how to fix it if you're using the coupon too. So have you have you ran into any trouble? Have you have you been denied? Um, I've never been denied. I mean, I've I've never had a hassle with a you know situation. The only time I would say you know um, I had an issue was I went to the car and I was counting my chains and I knew that I had given them a certain amount mm-hmm. and she had only given me um, you know. I don't even remember how much it was, but a certain amount back. And I said, you know, I got the car and started thinking, I said, this isn't adding up. So I pulled my chains back out. Fortunately, I didn't have any other cash in my wallet. And she had actually shorted me $5. Whoa. Um, so I went back in, and it was really late. I knew they were kind of tired anyways. And, um, you know, I tried to explain it, and she kind of looked at me like, well, how am I supposed to know? And I pulled <laughs> my, you know, money out of my wallet. I was like, this is all I have. <laughs> And so the manager actually walked over, and he was just like, here you go. No problem, no questions asked, pulled out of the drawer, um, handed me my $5. Um, so that's why I say get somebody that can do something about it. But they normally are very um, eager to help you because, well, for one, they know that that's business. And, um, you know, I think that they can just probably tell. They probably have enough people to come in there that <laughs> do wrong and do right. So Yeah, that's, that's um, real too. Yeah, knowing your store, too, is a huge thing. You've heard me talk about that before, but yeah. um, just knowing your policies and how the management work is key, too. So. Well, I guess it's the benefit of always, you know, shopping in the same stores or shopping in, the you know, the, the, the normal store that you go into or the place that you, where you know people. So, I mean, that, that's cool. That's B.I.G. right there. But I, I personally now, I'm just going to keep it funky because it's just me. Uh, you know, I, I think she tried to get you for your five dollars. Yeah. Anybody out there agree with me? Just hit, hit me on know. hit me on the Facebook, Charlotte. She tried to get you for your five dollars. She knew she that she didn't give you your, your five dollars back. Yeah, she was gonna get that five dollars later. I'm trying to tell you, yeah. promise you. So, see anyway. how many people I bet that that happened to that she, you know, maybe made money on. Oh, see, you you gotta figure if a hundred people come through that register, which I'm sure it's probably five or ten times that in the day in a, in an eight hour shift. But uh, if 100 okay. people come through there and she get $5, $6, she's good at the end of the day, man. She's straight. She's got a nice paycheck or a nice bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, she's going to be rolling in the day before she leaves. <laughs> yeah, man. So, I, you know what? We're probably giving somebody a new hustle out here. Let me quit, man. We're about to cut this right on off and stop talking about <laughs> the, the cash-registered uh, junkies. <laughs> But that's to prove to you why you need to pay attention to everything at your checkout. <laughs> wow. So so there it is. I mean, I, one more question. And, and the reason I only I even ask you about did you have any trouble is because most people like to be hassle-free. You know what I mean? Like people don't they don't like to commonly go into a store and and even if they're the ones that got shorted, they don't want to cause trouble. I know I don't because I don't want to get on that level. And you ever heard that song, get on my level? See, if if that happens, I'm going to get on another level. So I don't even want to take it there. So sometimes I just, like, I knew that a a lady shorted me a dollar, and as soon as I hit the door, I realized it, so I I didn't even go back. But I'm just saying it's like, you know, you you don't want to cause any trouble. So that's why I ask you the question, you know, how many times have you commonly had trouble? You know, is is it is it a hassle at all? This that and the other. So you know, but last question is: is Are there any particular items that always seem to have trouble or something that we can be watching out for? Because I'm definitely going to start paying attention to my receipts now. But it would also help to know, you know, what particular thing to look for the most, if possible. 
I don't really have an item in particular, but I would say that I have an item <laughs> as far as if you're using coupons yeah. that never works on the item when it's the right item. <laughs> um, but if you ever have um, an old El Paso coupon or Tega, the you know Mexican kind uh-huh. of shell uh-huh. stuff, the, the coupon always says can be used on any item. But no matter what item you buy in that brand, the coupon always beats. So just beware if you use that coupon on any item and they try to give you hassle, just say, oh, yeah, it always beats, no big deal. Because I kid you not every time. And a lot of the people even know that you're right, you know, they, they recognize the same thing. But that's the only coupon I've ever seen not work anytime. I mean, the Gosh. manager will push it through or whatever, but. So that's the only one that sticks out in my mind. <laughs> right so now. old El Paso, no old El Paso, because they're gonna get you on the old El Paso. So just, just for everybody out there listening, we just want you guys to know, don't buy old El Paso. Make sure your coupons scan. Yeah, because they're gonna get you. That's why they give out coupons so they can get you. Now I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Coupon everybody. Coupon, coupon, coupon. That's what we need to do. Um, Charlotte, I really appreciate you coming through. Like I was saying earlier, man, I don't believe that. Um, we tell folks we appreciate them enough, so I'm definitely telling you that I appreciate what you do when you're taking the time out to do this show, man. It is B-I-G in my book, for sure. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very nope. much. I enjoy it. All right, we'll talk to you next week, then. Sounds good. Have a good week. All right, be blessed. So that was, that, was, that was Charlotte from com. Triad Super Savers, always holding it down. Look her up on Facebook, Triad Super Savers, or StretchingYourBudget.com. You can put it in the search. You can find her. Or you can look for her on Twitter, at symbol. Y'all know what the at symbol looks like, right? It's the, like, if you hit shift and the two, just for all you, you know, extreme computer uh, uh, geniuses out there, at symbol number two, shift and two. Right, y'all got it? At symbol, Triad Super Savers. Or at symbol stretchingyourbudget.com or stretching your budget. I'm sorry. She's on Twitter and uh, find her. If you got any questions about, you know, couponing or saving some dollars or shopping or what may have you, hit her up and let her know, man, that you're following her and that you're showing some love. We'll be right back. Got to go to another commercial because we got to pay a couple bills, man. But uh, I just want to tell you guys, coming up next, can we get that skit now? Can we? All right, we're going to play the skit right now, man. Here's, and, and when we come back, you know, we'll talk about it later. Here is. Okay, I guess we can't. Got to go to commercial. We'll be right back here in just a second, folks. So hang on with us, and uh, we'll be right back after this commercial. If you just logged on, 619-638-8559 is the number. Hit number one if you got a comment. We're talking about the presidential debates, man. The GOP, they're doing their things. We want to know, are there any good candidates in the GOP that can beat the President Obama? Or... Are they needed? Should we just vote for the president and go ahead about our business? So, you know, it is what it is. We'll be right back after this commercial. Rock with us. You're listening to the KIRP radio show. Yeah. Could switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock. For the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the life ever. between empty bleachers and packed houses. It's the difference between showing up and taking over. It's the difference between JV and VIP. Because the difference between nothing and everything is 9.8 ounces. The difference is the Adidas Adidas Crazy Light. The lightest ever. Available at Foot Locker. I get that, but I just don't, like, that's something I like to hear 
from, or not not like to hear, but that's something I don't mind hearing from people like you and me, you know, us regular folks. I'm so sick of hearing, I'm so sick of hearing like the politicians say it. You know what I'm saying? Like because they're all in the same gang, for you know, kind of sorta. You know, they're all in the same game. You know, they all, you know, the government folks. They're all the government officials, and you know, they say to beat to beat Barack Obama sounds so. Uh, it just doesn't sound right to me, man. So I, what I love to hear, though, I love to hear uh, candidates say, you know, I am the candidate, the next candidate to be the president of the United States, and I feel like I can do a better job than my predecessor. Well, I, can, I feel like I can do a better job than what the President Obama is doing, and I'm going to prove that to you. I, I like to hear words like that. I'm so sick because it's not to me. It's not like a, a a a basketball game or a football game where you know I'm 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 going to beat this guy. I'm the best team to beat this guy because it's not all about this guy. Like more than beating the president is what I need. You got to take care of this country. So I'm more concerned. I'm more concerned with your ideas and your views on taking care of the country, or and and, and you know life putting some life support into this country and shocking this country back alive rather than I am of you just beating you know President Obama. It's obvious. We know that you're going to have to beat President Obama to actually be the the man, you know, to be the the president. But I'm more concerned about what your ideas are for taking care of the American public. And you know, I, I have a pet. That's just a pet peeve of mine among political candidates. I just I'm so sick of hearing them say it. It's almost like a, a phrase that can be used so they won't have to say anything else. Uh, solid, you know what I mean? They don't have to make another solid comment. But anyway. Um, there have been some things going on this weekend, man, and uh, I had to go, and I say I had to go because, trust me, folks, I was in some kind of way. I, your boy was hurting. I just got to keep it 1,000, and it's over now, baby, so, you know, you you can hear me talk about it now. But your boy was hurting, man. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to be in the car for a certain amount of time. You know, that's just the truth. And I didn't feel like driving, but I, this was really important. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of meetings down there, uh, a couple I had <laughs> I had a few meetings down there, and uh, we had some interviews to do and some people to interview. I am so sorry that I don't have all the comments. I don't have Santorum's comments that he did in the bash. And shout-out to Santorum, man. Shout-out to Rick Santorum for coming through the media room and showing us some love. And then he showed us some major love. I mean, he did an interview with Hannity, which we were all right there in the next room. They didn't let us in the room. We thought we were going in there. They didn't let us in the room. So, you know, it is what it is. But, uh you know, as soon as he came out of that interview, he walked down the hall to where we were in the media room and uh, at, at what was called the media bash. And uh, he came in and, you know, he, he showed us some love. He shook some hands and, you know, he got some pizza and he started to eat. And, you know, then everybody started attacking, <laughs> you know. And, and when I say attacking, I mean the media hounds. There were a lot of media outlets in there, cats and me and I mean there was a lot of folks in there and a lot of questions being asked and Dick Morris came through and Dick Morris showed us some love. Shout out to Dick Morris and uh you know we got a whole lot of information. We got a whole lot of uh uh commentary. It was a lot of one on one talk um that we got from those two guys and I really appreciate it. Um the thing is I've got this stuff on a mini recorder and we gotta get it off there. So soon enough I'll release it to our if you go to uh YouTube dot com slash KRP radio show or you go to the KRP radio show website, um KRP radio show dot com, we'll try to get that information up there as soon as possible. And uh we also got, you know, Ron Paul's speech that you guys didn't get to hear. And uh, you know, we're gonna play that for you guys and uh 
you know, we, we'll try to do what we can. And there was a lot of things going on. We just got in last night. When I say last night, I mean this morning. So I, I didn't get a chance to load up a lot of things and get it to my man John and all those guys so they can break it down and, and cue it on the system for us. But I do have some stuff for you. And the first thing I want to play, and, and while I tell you guys I'm not – and here's the thing. Yesterday, uh, Kevin, myself, uh, my man Trey, all of us in the Frederick Douglass Foundation, the director of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, uh, we all headed down there. Earl, I'm sorry, Earl. We all headed down. We were on our way back, and uh, but we were going to meet Lenny. Uh, if you guys don't know him, Lenny McAllister, CNN, Saturdays. Check him out, man. He's out there. Google him, Lenny McAllister. Lenny is the man. So, you know, we were eating with Lenny, and we were just talking over some strategies about some things that's upcoming. And uh, we got an invite to Newt Gingrich's uh, celebration party. You know, they were finalizing South Carolina, and they were getting ready to head down into Georgia. So, you know, we got an invite. You know, you don't want to be rude. And plus, we were right there in Columbia, so, you know, we went. And I am not like the guy that's sitting on the bench waiting for Newt Gingrich to say, come here. You know, I'm not that guy. There's a lot of people that is... 1,000% in bed with Newt, and that's cool. If that's what you like, that's fine. For me, Newt has to earn my vote. He has to win my vote. But I'll be quite honest on some of the things that he said lately. Lately, I'm talking about just this past few days and the, and the speeches that he made. Newt has been on point, especially in the debate. Now, that's not saying I'm going to vote for Newt Gingrich by no means. I'm, I'm not even at that point yet. I'm a long way away from that point. But I will say Newt. Newt actually earned some points this weekend. And uh, here's one thing that earned some points for me because, you know, politics is politics and it's not personal. But here's Newt Gingrich, man, from the debate. I want you guys to check this out. She says you asked her, sir, to enter into an open marriage. Would you like to take some time to respond to that? No, but I will. I think the destructive, vicious, negative nature of much of the news media makes it harder to govern this country, harder to attract decent people to run for public office. And I am appalled that you would begin a presidential debate on a topic like that. in here knows personal pain. Every person in here has had someone close to them go through painful things. To take an ex-wife and make it two days before the primary, a significant question in a presidential campaign, is as close to despicable as anything I can imagine. My, my two daughters my two daughters wrote the head of ABC and made the point that it was wrong, that they should pull it, and I am frankly astounded that CNN would take trash like that and use it to open a presidential debate.
As you noted, Mr. Speaker, this story did not come from our network. As you also know, it is a subject of conversation on the campaign. I'm not. John, I get your point. I take your point. John, it was repeated by your network. You chose to start the debate with it. Don't try to blame somebody else. You and your staff chose to start this debate with it. Clear. Let me be quite clear. The story is false. Every personal friend I have who knew us in that period says the story was false. We offered several of them to ABC to prove it was false. They weren't interested because they would like to attack any Republican. They're attacking the governor. They're attacking me. I'm sure they'll presently get around to, to Senator Santorum and Congressman Paul. I am tired of the elite media protecting Barack Obama by attacking Republicans. So that was that was Newt Gingrich, man, live at the debate and uh, last week. And uh, Newt went off, man. I felt like I, I saw a little bit of edge in Newt right there. And uh, you know, he's been said to be cocky. You know what I'm saying? But that was a little, you know, that was a little fiery. You could see the look in his eye. The room was electrifying. People were really going off. But that just spun me to ask this question to to everybody out there. And, and I'll give my thoughts here in just a second. Um, the personal lives of political candidates, and, and when I say personal, I mean as personal as, as uh, what goes on in their bedroom, um, their private affairs, uh, their affairs, nonetheless. Um, are these things what we gauge our leaders off of? Are, are these the things that, are these the measures that matter the most when it comes to uh, voting for uh, and can you put that on the on the on the Facebook page too? And uh, are these the things that we measure our presidents by? I mean, are they the most important? Are those the things that we should pay attention to the most? Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number. I want to know if what Newt Gingrich is involved in, what his wife actually said, and I don't know if we can get that, but what Newt Gingrich is, his wife actually said about you know him wanting an open relationship does does that really matter to you? Um, would that matter if it, if he was the president of the United States or, you know, does it, does it not matter at all? You know, I just want to know what everybody else feels out there. Hit the number one and let me know if infidelity really matters when it comes to, uh, a presidential candidate or, uh, the president, um, calling out of the two, five, two, man, I got a caller here that, that hit us up real quick. Caller, you are on the line. You're only two, five, two caller queued up. What's up? Hey, Pete, it's Keisha. Hey, Keish, what's up? Yo, how, yo, how you feeling? Um, I feel better. I feel a lot better. I tried to get to that on Twitter. You know, I, I didn't want to put your business out there, but I tried to get that on the Twitter and, you know, ask you how you were doing, if you were feeling better and whatnot. I understand you went through a little bit of surgery or something like that, right? Yeah, I got my tonsils taken out. One side is, is still hurting a little worse than the other side, but I'm okay. They say it's rough as an I'll adult. Uh, yeah, it it is, but I'm I'm telling you, if I had to do it again, I would do it again. Though, just to feel better, I would do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So, wh what do you feel about? What well, did you did you see the debates at all? No, I just kind of read between you and uh, your tweets. All right, cool. Because you're <laughs> your, your question. <laughs> okay. Your yeah, question you was how how can you respect the person to run for president that wants to have an open relationship? Yeah, what do you think or about it? Was that? That's crazy. I mean, because one, where are your morals? 
that, I mean, if, if you wanted to do that, I mean, you could even keep that on the low because trust and believe somebody's always watching you. It's going to come out, whatever you're doing. But where are your morals? I mean, how can you stand before me and tell me that you'll do this for this country, you'll represent this this way and do that, but yet you're willing to go cheat on your spouse, you know, have an open relationship? Mm-mm. Well, from what I understand, he, he asked her, could they have an open relationship? And uh, I guess she said no, and people are saying it's not true or if it, or if it is true. And, I, and I'm wondering if, I, I guess it's a two-part question, because I don't think you can respect uh, a cheater as your as your commander-in-chief, maybe, if it's public. I, I really don't know, because I don't, I don't like to, see, here's a G, I don't like to get in people's bedrooms. I think the government is already too much into our private right. and I mean, personal. You know what I mean? That that's true. That's true. But I mean, come on. How how are you gonna look? As okay, you're the president. You're our president. You're. I'm I'm supporting you. I'm with you. Everything you're doing, I'm I'm saying I back you. You know, I support you. I know who your wife is and what your wife looks like. But I may run into you in a fair somewhere in D.C. Oh, because we're cool. You say, Keisha, you know, bring the family to this event or whatever. And you have somebody else? Come on, are you serious? He said Newt Gingrich. Go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm listening. You're, you're at this event with someone else and not your spouse, and you're the president, and you want to respect you or you. Yeah, it, it's terrible. I mean, as soon as you would, if, if I was see his his wife needed to have some sussed up in her, because as soon as he fixed his lips to even ask that dumbass question, excuse me for saying it like that. I would have lost. I would have tore his mouth all to hell. I think I she might have did. They got a divorce. <laughs> she should probably ran up yeah. on him. Yeah. You know? she, look, that, that would have been something you would have been reading about. Oh, Keisha Thompson Tabor flips on her husband, the, the president candidate, the presidential <laughs> candidate, whatever. <laughs> what did she flip on him for? Oh, for coming out of his mouth, stupid. Wow. Oh no. I, I wouldn't. Oh, I, no, I couldn't have any respect. I couldn't even support you. Newt New Gingrich said. That that was a pastime in his life, and I, I don't have the quote. I'll find the quote, or you, or you can look for the quote. And uh, he said he repented for his sins, and he has seen a new day, or something something to that magnitude. And uh, he's not the same guy he once was. Now this is a this is wife number two. This, you know the wife that came out. This is wife number two, and she had those things to say about what happened in the past, not currently. So. Now, fast forward to 2012, 2011, 2012, and he's now running for president, and these old past allegations comes up. Allegations come up. Uh, are they relevant? I say yes. I mean, because to me, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't think that motto. I mean, I think you know, people can can change. I think that. I, I feel that people do change, but. You know, if, if they come in and ask his wife that, okay, honey, don't. You know, I can tell anything to make me look good and sound good. I can say mm-hmm. anything. Oh, does Newt, um, has Newt asked you that question like he did of his, you know, his ex-wife? Oh, no, he would never do that to me. Are you, come on, honey, I'm going to ask this of you. Don't go let the reporters or let any press or anybody know that I've asked this question. I mean, come on, it's, it's a, kind of like a catch-22. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But... That would play in my head because yeah. still, where are your morals? Where are your morals at? And you want to represent the country and the way society is today. It's not. I can't say holding grudges because it's not a grudge, but 
that would be something that if it's coming up now, it could have came up later. You know, I mean, come on, all it takes is one little thing to to turn a person away. Mm-hmm. And it's over. I mean, you know, this it. So a lot of people are gonna hold him to that. Then you got some that's gonna say, "Oh, it was in the past. Let it be. It's in the past. Let it stay." But if it comes up that it happened again with his second wife, then what? That's a problem. <laughs> what happens? Yeah, that, that, I mean, what happens? I mean, because yeah, I was gonna take oh, let her get pissed off, and it was something like that to happen. You know what I'm saying? And they go through their turmoil, and and she's through supporting him and everything like that. She's gonna sing like a little what? Yeah. She's gonna be singing. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm not a new Gingrich supporter. I think it's I think it's though. I think it's a double standard though for whom we chose to give it to, because right. you know I look at I look at what Newt did on on one on one arm, one finger, whatever you want to call it, on one hand, and uh, that has nothing to do with me and and his ability to run this country. But at the same time, myself, I look at a whole lot of things that the president has done, like his relationship with. Convicted terrorist You know what I'm saying I look at his relationship with Bill Ayers And I'm thinking well damn If, if he knows that guy and was in his house And that was possibly his mentor uh, For a short period of amount of time Or a short period of time I, I, I don't look at that as being The guy that I want to run my country But it, it's too late You know what I mean and, and then I look at some things that Bill Clinton may have done in his past And it's hard for me to pay attention to him now So I, it's, it's flip flop And so the only way that I can really fix that for myself is to take all the personal things and throw them out and really look at the qualifications because it's like if you go to hire somebody to run your business and you need the person that can run your business the best, you know, what are we going to really look at? What are we going to look at the most? You know what I'm saying? And and it's it's hard Uh to judge things if you're looking at those personal uh, ups or downs or those personal things that happen. So, uh, frankly, I I just don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. And, you know, people really feel some kind of way about it, though. I can't say that. And, uh, you know, Newt said he repent, man. And as a Christian, I can only look at it like, okay, well, he repented for that. And, you know, we got to move on. But what do you do? You know, if you if you vote with your faith, you got to accept that and keep it moving. If not, you can hold that right. grudge and just, you know, really not vote for that guy. So if, if, we, if, if that is the measure for all candidates, I don't think we would have anybody to vote for personally. No, and, and we wouldn't. I mean, and you know, it's 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 hard because we as people. I mean, you know, we we try not to be judgmental, even though a lot of us are. But it's hard at the same time, like you said, not to involve your personal life because hell yeah, it is. Your personal life is 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 so active. How can you not say, okay, well, I see. Oh my God, look, I'm looking at the game. Sorry. Um, it's hard not to say. <laughs> what you know? How can you say, okay, this person, we can't vote for this person. Or we don't like what this person is doing. When some things you don't find out until after they're already in office, or you know, it's it's like you said, it's a double standard. Yeah. And you have to you 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 look at your beliefs and what you want to believe, but at the side, I mean, me, I try not to look at their personal life. Now that right there just kind of got to me. But when voting and doing, I have to do. I try to look at okay, this is this is what they stand for. This is what they want. But in the side. I'm still saying, okay, but this is what they did in their personal life. But, you know, it's hard not to just interact the two together. 
Yeah, it is. It is because it's still who you not, are. Not interact, intertwine. Yeah, I mean we're, we're I mean we're the way society has made things to be, and we're still human. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, because we don't want that fragging bull to say, okay, well he said he's going to do this and do this, but look, your example that I can say for that, um, what did you say one day that that Bush was pro life? Yeah. I mean, not Bush. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Obama. Oh yeah, he's, he's, Obama's pro-life, but you know that's, that's something that pro-choice. Excuse me, he's pro-choice, but you're pro-life, you know, and you voted for him. Yeah, you know. I, didn't I mean, know. come on, it's now forgive me again. Right, all right. I mean, but it's 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 the same thing where they say, you know, you find out a little bit after they're already in office. It's yeah. certain things you found out. You, I mean, it kind of came out in debates about you know and. His presidential, you know, he was trying to be the candidate or whatever, about these guys that he was cool with, you know, these terrorists and everything like that. But it didn't really surface, surface until he was already in office. So, I, mean, I, just, I don't know. I mean, I, I got I to gotta leave uh, President Obama out of this because I can't. It's like that. that's a that's a red button for me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, know, I know, I know that, but I'm just saying I was just using it as an example. You know, certain things. As oh my god, as an example. Okay, I'm sorry. The 49ers. One of the other people just knocked the darn player. He just ran right into him. The 49er player ran into the other 49er player. Oh man, who's hurt, man? Wait, let me see the screen over here. Who's hurt? Oh my god, that is oh, that terrible. Ooh, that was ugly right there. John, you see that, baby? Yeah, John's shaking his head on the on a little picture monitor over here. I, I got a picture of John in the little corner. He's like, yeah, I've seen that. He's a 49th fan, too. You know, Keisha, at the end of the day, um, I think we all just have to learn to, like, not look at people as Christ. And uh, right. even if we vote with faith, we can't we can't look at people as if they're Christ. And I'm the first person to say, let's be perfect. You guys know my movement. Now, the, the movement of perfection, I think we can be perfect by day, by minute, by hour. You know, we got to do what we got to do. And uh, if we fall short, don't worry about the things that we fall short on. Keep striving for perfection as Christ Jesus was. But anyway, I think we got We can't look at people for what, what goes on in their bedroom or in their household because there's too many things that will come into play. Because even if you've never cheated, what if Newt Gingrich had never cheated, but what if he was a swinger? What if his wife would have said, yes, baby, let's have an open relationship, because guess what? I don't want your fat ass either. I want a more attractive guy. And I'm saying, you know you know what I mean? And, 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 and no disrespect to Newt, but I'm saying if his wife would have came off that way and she would have accepted it, and then we would have found out that, hey, Newt Gingrich is a swinger. You know, imagine those headlines. And then yeah, he, I mean, he, it's, it's all before his wife. So it's crazy. We gotta take that out of play, man. We can't we can't look at those things, um, the bedroom things, the 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 wife things. Uh, but but see, I say that, and then on one hand, you know, if he's a, well, this is different though. If you if you beating your wife up and all that, you beating your girlfriend up, that's different. Or you beating your husband right. up, that's 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 a little different. That that's a little different. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is, man. And what I do know for sure is that you are B I G in my book, man. And I definitely appreciate you always calling. Always blogging, always holding us down, always stopping through, showing us love, doing what you do, and I appreciate the well, the well wishes, the well wishes. I appreciate the well wishes because I'm welcome. feeling a lot, a lot better. That's good. That's good. Let's go Niners, right? <laughs> 
Let's go Niners. I'm pulling for them. I got a Giants fan in the house, but we're pulling for the 49ers. Oh, you got a Giants fan, and he's you don't dead, have to. He, huh? he, he's a skin fan anyway, so, I mean, that's that's not even here nor there, so I'm not even going there. But you're a, you're a Cowboys fan, right? I don't mean to get off into the sports, yeah. but this is what I do. You're yeah, a Cow- yeah. I, be a, I mean, I know you don't like them either, Now I've been a Cowboys fan since for a very <laughs> long time. I know you don't even care for them either. You should be pulling but for the I can't. I, I can't. No, I'm not pulling for the Giants. I'm going for the 49ers. I ain't mad at you. I'm but, not mad at all. But I can also, I can also say on, on the 49ers we're going to agree, and on the Carolina Panthers we agree. So I mean, we're good. All right, we're good. That's what it is. Shout out to you. <laughs> Shout out to your Giants fan in the house. Appreciate you calling. All right. All right. Get better. So that's KTT. Shout out to KTT man at Love Your Lips on Twitter. Sorry, I don't know if you wanted me to give that out, but. Everybody add her. Go to at Love Your Lips at Twitter. If you don't want to add her, add us. K-I-R-P Radio Show, at Simple K-I-R-P Radio Show, at Simple N-C Pudgy. That is me. 619-638-8559 is the number. I want you guys to call and tell me what do you think. Should we pay attention to personal things or not? And I did get one comment on the Facebook page. We got a couple comments on the hip-hop blog. Um, Kevin Watkins says, heck, if some people knew my past, I would not have as many friends. People can change and become a better person, so his past should not be an issue unless his political past, unless it is his political past or has something to do with now, I'm sorry, how he may act or react in office. Um, I agree. If, you, if, you're, if you're holding office, and this is when it matters, right? If you're holding office and we're actually paying you to do a job that you're not doing, and your personal life is interfering with that job, that's when I care. That's when we have an issue. That's when I think we should hold the fuel to the fire and let it burn because that's when it really matters. You know, outside of that, I can't really say that the personal things matters. But anyway, so it's 9.05, man. We should have went to it in a minute. We'll be right back with the sports reporters. You guys just heard some of it here just a little minute ago. Um, we got to go to a commercial. But before we go, I'm going to play something called Liberville. Just going through, uh, we're going to start a segment called Taking a Stroll Through Liberville. This is where it came from. Shout out to Sonny, man, at Sonny Johnson on Twitter. Sonny created this place called Liberville. So I want you guys to look up the term liberal, find out what it means, and then I want you to check out Liberville. But uh, here's Liberville right now. Then we're going to commercial. You rocking with the KRP radio show. You are B.I.G. in my book. I'll be right back with some thoughts on this weekend as well. More comments. I got more stuff to play for you guys. A couple comments from the, from the presidential debate. And, uh, you know, more information to put out there, man. Herman Cain, we got, we got a secret to tell you guys. Something about Herman Cain and a hat. So... I got somebody I think that's going to call in here and tell you guys about that. But anyway, here's Liberville, Sonny Johnson, at Sonny Johnson. I'm saying it's crazy, like, I'm going to tell y'all a little something about my homie, right? This shit, Sonny, man. I don't know how y'all going to take that, man. I mean, did she say that? That's what you're probably going to say. Some people like, yo, did she say that? A trip through Liberville. 
Come with me on a trip through Liberalville. Call it what you may. The ghetto, the hood, the block, the trap is nothing more than the outcome of liberal policy. If the Negro in the ghetto must eternally be fed by the hand that pushes him into the ghetto, he'll never have the strength to get out of the ghetto. That's Carter Woodson, and it's the premise for this article. Now, when most people think about Liberalville, called by one of the aforementioned nicknames, they think drugs, crime, trash, and desperation, low-grade public housing, limited job opportunities, and no chance at a quality education. They just forget to look at the equation. People plus liberal politics equals total degeneration. You need a better tour guide. What's really there, the liberals had. People of all faiths, colors, and creeds, all with a basic need to belong. See, it's the same song from 8-Tracks, the Wax CD, the iPod. Living in Liberalville is hard, or is it? Let me tell you what I see when you remove the democratic elite. I see the poet. Feelings into verbs, action into words, a revolution has occurred in modern-day storytelling. His wit is hard to defeat, his desire makes it hard to compete, but his skill stays on mixed tastes and side streets because we find value in the industry. I see the artist, a vision in his head, bigger than any paper or pad, graffiti formed on walls, and it's sad. We find no value in the art that he shares, so it stays in Liberalville halls instead of on museum walls as property values continue to fall. I see the pastor. Broken and remade, no longer weighed down by past mistakes, saved and enraged. Those around him continue to fade from God's glory to government shade in an attempt to be made into what our Savior already promised. I see the banker. Never stepped foot out of Liberalville still. The boy can convert euros to yen and back to dollars again, accounting for inflation and taxation trapped in a situation where he doesn't understand the value of his instant computation. I see the politician on a mission to stand in opposition to anyone who would change the rules halfway through the game. He can rev up the folks, folks and gather the vote, but it's a shame. He has no power or desire until shots are fired and the people need someone to blame. I see the lawyer. Not court, but street-appointed masters of defense. Not bar, but street associates of common sense. In a pinch, he can play name that crime. He can list the charges, guess the verdict, and predict prison time. Dirty hands and deeds protected by a brilliant mind. I see the social worker. Two kids of her own, two of her brothers, never doing for self, always for others. I shudder to feel such a back-breaking weight. Low funds, short supply, and empty plates. And a support system that says, wait, fall a little further, then we'll save the day. I see the psychiatrist. Oh, she may be whacked out, she may seem, but for free she'll break down your dreams whether you asked her to or not. She spots those who pass with a swift kick in the ass and says, hold up, not so fast. Your mom did it and so did I. The answer to your problem is not getting high, it's doing more than just getting by. I see a promise. I see a possibility. A promise and a possibility with a capital P and potentially the only salvation for our community. K-I-R-P Radio! Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then... 
Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Again, that's eight hundred four four two. Two seven six two. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336 336- And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I was a young and been hungry, it's Paul Bunyan. You've been so fixed to plumbing, I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm, three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slip us, they better be Adidas. Scientific test proved. 
When you drink Dr. Pepper slow, the 23 flavors taste even better. For me, slow always produces a hit. Slow is better. Trust me. www.kirpradioshow.com You can hit us up on the website at any time And uh, listen to old broadcast Or, you know, whatever you need to do, man We're always on there If you are, if you're feeling real freaky You know, real freaky I like that word, freaky Anyway, if you're feeling real good about yourself Hit up, shut up, John <laughs> Hit us up on YouTube Ah, that's that ugly picture again This dude keeps posting the picture of Esther Rowland. You guys know Esther, Esther Esther from Fred Sanford? I know it's not her body, but ew, man. Stop. Anyway, I lost my train of thought. Hit us up on YouTube, man. We got a couple videos on there. We got to get more interactive with the YouTube. But the site is YouTube.com slash what? K-I-R-P Radio Show. You know what it is, man. Let the folks know what show you're listening to, man. The number one black conservative show, Southeastern South United States, officially 215,000 listeners, um, somewhere before 220,000 listeners unofficially. And, you know, we got more than that, man. We get hits from more than that. So shout out to everybody out there who hit us up, man, who keeps us relevant out here. Shout out to everybody that I met this weekend at the uh, GOP presidential debate. And, uh, you know, it was a heck of a weekend, man. We it was a lot of people out there. We met folks who uh, I probably would not have ever met. Uh, otherwise, you know, we, we bump heads with a lot of people, you know, we shared some ideas with some people, we debated with a lot of people, uh, probably made, a, no, not probably, made some enemies <laughs> from a lot of people, because, man, it is what it is, man, I always say this one thing, thank God my grandmother raised me that way, my moms, my pops, step pops, everybody who contributed, whole family, but I'm consistent, man, you can say what you want, and uh, 
I'm not going to change my mind just because you're some supposedly uh, uh, candidate or, or superstar, movie star, some super reporter or something like that. Man, to me, you're a human being, and we put our pants on the same way. And we got a couple options. You can put them on one leg at a time, or you can put them on both legs at a time. So it is what it is. You can like me or not. Either way, I love you, man. That's what it is. That's what it boils down to. But anyway, I'm sure we made some enemies out there. But, uh, you know, we were in the house, man. Myself, Kevin Daniels, Earl Phillips, and Trey Baldwin. We were all in the house this weekend in Columbia. And we were in the house out there in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And the candidates were coming through, man. Herman Cain came through. Shouted out with us, took some fix, took some pics with us. He had a CNN interview to do real quick, so we didn't get much time to talk with him. But we kicked it, you know, we kicked it. We didn't pull out the cameras and set up everything because my man Andy Katz beat me to it, you know. But it's all good, man. He's, you know, that's the Fox guys. That's what they do. They already equipped. They're ready for that. Shout out to Fox too, who showed us some love. Shout out to CNN who showed us some love. And uh, you know, Sky News. Shout out to Sky News, my man. Um, if, if you guys like good news and you like good raw information, make sure you add my man, at symbol, and, and and please put the pound sign, Pudgy or pound sign, K-I-R-P radio show, and let them know who told you to add them. But at symbol, J-C-B-U-S-A. That's my man. And um, hold him down. That's Sky News, Fox News, Fox News London. We're also going to be working with him on a later date, man. And, you know, these guys were really out there, and they were down with reporting the news for what it was and not – you know, not just reporting the, the ills of it or the highlights of it or trying to paint it a certain way. You know, it was just raw news. Also got to give a shout-out to my man, Lenny McAllister. You B.I.G. in my book. And, uh, you know, we spent some time with Lenny out there. Got, we got to talk to some waitresses out there at, man, what in the name was that cafe? But uh, Trey Ball will be calling in in just a second, and we're going we're gonna to talk about some things, and I'll get Trey to enlighten you guys on how the, the weekend was for him. Uh, you know, what he thought about the weekend. We did several, several, several news interviews. I uh, can't even keep up anymore. We sat in several meetings. And uh, there were a lot of things going on outside of the debate. And, uh, you know, there were some people that were there just for the debate so they could see what the candidates had to offer. There were a lot of people there to vote. And, uh, of course, us being from North Carolina, we couldn't vote. And I don't believe I would have voted for anybody in there anyway. But uh, I just want to take a second to show some love to Rick Santorum because I really feel like Rick Santorum is probably the most conservative candidate left in the field. And uh, he said a lot of things early on that people just didn't agree with. They, They view him as arrogant. But he did say one thing that's always stood out to me. And uh, we were talking about um, abortion and, and being pro-life and, and pro-choice. And, uh, you know, he had some facts to say. He had some things to say that, well, here, I'll let him tell you for yourself. Check this out. Rick Santorum and uh, actually Rick Santorum and Ron Paul when they actually sparred on abortion. Here's a clip. Check it out. Uh, Congressman Paul has a national right to life voting record of 50% which is pretty much what Harry Reid's national right to life voting record is. So for, uh, to, to go out and say that you know, you're someone who stands up for the right to life, you repeatedly vote against bills on a federal level to promote the right to life, and you, you say that this is an individual personal decision or state decision. Life should be protected, and you should have the willingness to stand up on a federal level on any level of government and protect what our, constitu- excuse me, what our declaration protects, which is 
the right of our creator to life, and that yeah, is a federal that issue, next. not yes, a state we'll issue. Get Trey in Quickly, next. sir. Well, just, just for the record, I wasn't even thinking about you when I was giving my statement, so you are overly sensitive. But it is true that we have a disagreement on how we approach it. I follow what my understanding is of the Constitution, and it, it does allow for the states to deal with difficult problems. Matter of fact, it allows the states to deal with almost all the problems if you look at it. It is not given, these powers aren't given to the Congress. I see abortion as a violent act. All other violence is handled by the states. Murder, burglary, violence, is, that's a state issue. So don't try to say that I'm less pro-life because I want to be particular about the way we do it and allow the states the prerogative. This is the solution. This is the solution because if we would allow the states no, cool, to write cool. their okay. laws, take away the jurisdiction by a majority vote in the Congress, you repeal Roe versus Wade overnight instead of waiting year after year to change the court system. That was um that was actually the wrong clip, folks. That was actually uh, a clip where I was going to give Ron Paul some love, show Ron Paul some love when they were sparring on abortion. And uh, I, I, you know, unfortunately, I, I am pro-life, second to nothing, because I'm pro-Christ. So, you know, I'm first, I'm pro-Christ, and uh, pro-life, pro-life falls under that. And and that's just me. That's just what I believe. Now, I'm not naive that that to realize that God has given people the choices to make for themselves. So, you know, I, cho- there's no debate on choice for me. But anyway, anyway, I'm not, I'm not even gonna go there tonight on that. That was Congressman Paul, and uh, I, I thought. You know, outside of my belief, I thought he actually held it down. You know, I just wanted to show him some love on that because Paul really, really brought the pain with that and, you know, let people understand, you know, tell people. He told people what the necessary steps were and how he would do it. So, you know, I'm I'm not the Paul guy. You know what I mean? I'm not the Paul guy. I'm not the guy who's hoorah, hoorah for Paul either. Um, but I, I can't help but to admit that the man actually held it down right there. And, uh, you know, I had to show him some love on that, and uh, that that was the wrong, I did the wrong thing. But here's the comments from uh, uh, Rick Santorum that I'm going to play for you guys, and then we're going to bring on my man, Trey Baldwin, another director over at the Frederick Douglass Foundation from Durham County. Here's Rick Santorum. Honor me for a minute, though. Senator Santorum, you started to shake your head. Again, specifically, it's a role of government question. Uh, should the government be stepping in and saying we need to help this subgroup in the economy that's hurting the veterans? Well, obviously, we have, we have and should continue to have veterans' preferences. People who went out and served this country uh, should, have, should have preferences when it comes to job positions when they come back to work in this economy. But my, my dad and mom worked for the Veterans Administration. I grew up on a VA grounds, lived in an apartment in those, on those VA grounds for the first 18 years of my life. And I saw the, uh, the impact of the Vietnam War on, on those veterans who came back. And they came back very damaged. They've, uh, not just, not just with, with physical wounds, but a lot of psychological ones, and that's I'm sure a very big part of the high unemployment rate that we're dealing with, and we need to be much, much more aggressive. We have the President of the United States who said he is going to cut veterans' benefits, cut our military, at a time when these folks are, are four, five, six, seven tours, coming back in and out of jobs, sacrificing everything for this country, and the President of the United States can't cut one penny out of the social welfare system, and he wants to cut a trillion dollars out of our military and hit our veterans, and that's disgusting. 
That was Rick Santorum on uh, Veterans Advantages, and uh, I guess it was on a government's role. We're talking about government's role. And uh, I thought that was very, very, very interesting because uh, w- one thing for sure is that I don't, I don't understand how uh, uh, social entitlements can't be uh, re-engineered. I, I think they can be re-engineered. I don't understand why that's not looked at. And I think they can be re-engineered through education. I keep saying that, and I do have a plan, but I, I keep saying that it should be re-engineered through education when you talk about entitlements. But it's amazing that we can't cut anything out of the entitlement budget or re-engineer it where we could save some dollars and you want to cut a trillion dollars out of, you know, I don't know. Let's see. I got Trey Baldwin on the line, and, and he's a vet and uh, a, a very educated brother, um, a very attentive brother. He, he really understands what's going on, and uh, he, he was held, holding it down. We were all holding it down on this weekend, and uh, he did several interviews as well. So, uh, Trey, you're on the line with the KRRP staff and the world, baby. How you, brother? Everything is well, Pudgy. Thank you for having me, sir. Absolutely, man. I, I gotta. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do my best to have you on at least once a month to try to get you on here more because you're, you're insightful about a lot of things. But on this particular topic, you are somewhat of an expert because you're a veteran yourself. Um, what do you think about what Rick Santorum just said? I, I have to say, I agree with a lot of what he said when it comes down to um, doing a lot for you know, people that have you know. For the most part, given all for their country, if not given all, given quite a bit. You know, as an Air Force vet, I'm you know, my my degree of service is nothing compared to, you know, the, the frontline guys, the Marines and Army guys. You know, that sure. being said, um, you know, the Special Forces guys, of course, especially. Um, that being said, I guess is um, one, one point I like to really touch on because I mean, he, he makes it very important, but he didn't go far enough. And I'm mm-hmm. talking about talking about how Obama wants to cut. Is how he specifies he wants to cut things like veterans and veteran benefits. This is a guy that hired, you know, a hundred something thousand IRS agents. He's grown. He's grown the government in places that it does not need to grow. That's that's bad enough. I mean, the government has grown forty percent since he's been in office. But yeah. you know, IRS agents are guys that make, you know, what, you know, just say even fifty grand a year. That's more than. E3s, E4s, E5s, E6s make. You know, for, for that money, instead of hiring all those IRS agents, cut those people. You know, the ones that are going to come after you for your taxes because mm-hmm. they have to find that money to pay for this this bloated government. Mm-hmm. That's that's where you that's where you ought to be um, help you know, call them the carpet. We have to call our own president on the carpet. He forgets he works for you know the citizens of the United States, not the other way around. We don't work for him. He that's works right. for us. That's right. Um, I would start there first. That's, that's something that, oh God forbid, I'd love to have one of the one of the, you know, potential candidates bring it up, and especially now, that people thinking about that even before it gets to, you know, President Obama actually really doing any real campaigning. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a man. It, it, we could go into so much depth when we start talking about veterans, man. Because I mean, we can go all the way back to. Pre World War One, <laughs> actually, but looking at 2012, can we? Okay, does veterans are they honestly taken care of properly? You know, My, that's that's a. I would have to say no. No, in, in that sense that um, 
veterans aren't getting that, you know, um, when I say veterans, I, I guess I specify that rather than the guys that, you know, like me that left our own terms at the, at the end of our service um, or the guys that, um, you know, because of injuries can no longer perform, you know. And you know, people kind of forget that we have an all-volunteer military. And that's something special. That's something that, you know, most countries don't have that luxury. That's right. And, and, Very um, few. Um, but the guys that will, that you know, at 18, I, I raised my hand. I really, I fully understood what, you know, defending my country against all enemies, foreign and domestic, meant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really taking that into account as that pertains to um, how our how our vets should be treated, um, whether they do 20 years or whether they do 10 or 12 or whatever. I mean, um, should that we get, you know, I mean, there's. It really, I guess, it's like the gray area about you know, is there a point where there's too much, you know, too much opportunity given to veterans over somebody else that's qualified? Now, even then, it's, it's not to be if somebody is overqualified, they're not going to put somebody underqualified in a position just because he's a veteran. You'll get, you know, it's kind of extra little points, but you pretty much is if there's somebody qualified, the most qualified person still gets that position. If you're if you're neck and neck with somebody that is, you know, with a veteran that is qualified. That might be the the difference, the the the, the extra push that gets the better in the job rather than somebody just as qualified. And if most people understand that distinction, and that's really that's really all it boils down to. So it's not like veterans are given high paying jobs just because they're veterans. They're also qualified in, in those positions or in those particular skills that, need, that are needed for that particular job. I just, I you know, you hear that you've been hearing the argument for so long. And and we always hear folks saying that, you know, veterans should be, they should get priority when it comes to jobs, especially after they've been abroad. And, uh, you know, we've all seen the, the Vietnam vets or the Vietnam vets out there and, and, you know, with the signs. And, you know, there are a lot of folks that say, hey, I was a Vietnam vet and they got signs and they're holding up and they're homeless. You know, we see these things all the time and we hear that we hear the horror stories, but you know, for the life of me, Trey, I, I personally, I think that's one area that I would like my next president to show more attention towards. Um, and, and I know we're suffering, you know, economically throughout the United States. I, I understand that. I, I can see that plainly. But I don't think that we actually show any emphasis, any any importance on what happens to our veterans once they're gone, and and that's I, I love the way Santorum approached that. He he, it, it it's almost like he took it personal, and mm-hmm. I, you you really don't hear presidential candidates or presidents talk about what our veterans get and how they're treated. Some of them campaigned on it. The President Obama he campaigned on what he would do for our our veterans and having programs for our veterans, which we are yet to see. And, uh, you know, when I bring these things up to people, they say, well, uh, you know, he's not doing everything you all wanted him to do, and you're just mad. And, I, you know, I, man, I, I don't know. I, I just – is there a solution to uh, properly taking care of our veterans, or, or, or are there any ideas – what are the veterans saying? What, what are people like yourself saying uh, uh, when they're getting out, or maybe some of your friends when, they, when they've gotten out and maybe gotten out to no job or – you know things of that nature. Good point, and you know, just, I guess to start from the very beginning, yeah, our shameful history of how veteran Vietnam vets were treated up until then. Thing, I mean, those things. Is, um, I guess, I guess, is, yeah, the solution to that is 
um, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. It's a really delicate balance between um, you know, the political oversight over a military because we well, we do live in a constitutional republic. Sure. Um, you know, and that's and that's that's that. But pretty much is too much political oversight. Is you know, the things become instead of being military operations, they, they become political operations. Mm-hmm. You know, President Obama is sending out you know some of our you know infantry units unarmed. You know, without ammunition. That's crazy. Okay, this, is not, this, this is not you know, you know, you know, walking around in you know unsafe neighborhoods with bats. It's just, you're in a war zone, and that, that's that's where that's you know the extreme of in pretty much is this it has happened. Too much political. It's a political operation rather than a military operation. Our troops are getting shot. I mean, we, we lose troops for no reason. Um, some of our boys, you know, I, I firmly believe in if you're going to use the military, then pretty much is take the dog, you know, take the leash off the dog and let him handle his business. Mm. Pretty much is when it's a military operation, you know, the the officers that are that are that have earned those stars, earned those, you know, full bird kerns, the leash or whatever, let them do their jobs. You know, you give them a mission, let them accomplish that mission. You give them everything they ask for. I mean, I think that was the thing that um burned a lot of people active duty and veterans and reserves or whatever when um I can't remember the general's name it escapes me at at the moment. The man asked for you know, fifty thousand troops or so. It takes President Obama over forty days to come to, to any kind of decision, now mind you, this is military operations. Operations are very fluid. Fifty days is a lifetime. I mean, the total dynamic of the battlefield has changed, you know, every every couple of days just because of the enemy we're facing there. But then, when he does decide to answer the man, he gives him half of what he's asked for. I mean, you can't ask, you can't give him as a task, and then refuse to give him the tools he needs to accomplish the mission. Mm-hmm. You know, either you know, give me the tools I need, or send the mission. Take your pick, Mr. President. That those answers should be given pretty much as um, that. That's the problem we face when we have um, you know, a president that he says one thing with his you know with his mouth, but does the exact opposite with his actions, and that is President Obama. Um, he he says he wants to be so much so good, do so much great things for our military, but in fact he's he's done his best to hamstring the military. Hmm. I, I just proves I, I never thought I would see the day where where the military would even would the conversation would even be entertained that our military would not be paid. I mean, I know it's a volunteer army, but I, I, I never thought I'd see that day or even hear that, that conversation entertained. But, you know, look, look, fast forward into uh, 2012 and the, and the GOP presidential candidates. Now, we, we both spent time in Charleston and Columbia, in South Carolina, period, in, in other small towns too, I guess. And um, what did you think of, the debate, first of all, and uh, after the debate, what what did you think of what's going on with the GOP uh, candidates now? Uh, I really wish I had time to sit for the debate, but that was a church night for me, and you know, so far about so. traveling, I just didn't get a chance to you know catch up on you know the news, the you know, the after actions things, and I spent no time on the internet over the weekend to really hear anything about their uh, debates, but really kind of seeing the after effects of it, um, really seeing, I mean, the obvious things. I think that. Um, Santorum and Newt came up pretty well, and you know, really, the big difference is seeing you know, um, I guess biblically sound Christians or you know, a Christian kind of saturated area, and how they really looked at you know Romney and Ron Paul. Both of those things pretty much is, I still think for the most part, Romney's part is his money is, is his biggest difference maker. Mm-hmm. He can he can saturate an area with. You know, with ads of people on the ground, 
I mean, if you offer somebody 12 bucks an hour, yeah, they'll work for you. There it is. I mean, so with um, Newt really doing well in the in the, in the debates, that's that's his that's his that's his strength. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of um, I think for the most part, um, you know, Ron Paul ended up in fourth. I mean, that's that's a small victory for us. And Tom pretty much is. Uh, you can see where if he decides to drop out of the race anytime soon, especially also been before Florida, but even afterwards, those that support him supporting Newt. Um, that could be a real game changer. I mean, I think it that would be that, that to me is an optimum scenario. Seeing um, Gingrich, you know, beating you know just you know, somehow winning Florida, and I have to feel that I'm not sure I'm not sure about Florida politics, you know, politics and demographics, and have to do some homework while they while they're gearing up for these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I like I like to see that kind of happen. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, you you. Uh... Saw Herman yesterday, and I'm sure you heard what he had to say to Andy Katz um, yesterday. And uh, he didn't, while he didn't endorse anybody, he spoke really well for Newt, I thought. And and that was highly unusual. I mean, I <laughs> I don't know if it was a, a political thing, but he spoke well for Newt. And uh, he didn't say a lot about Romney. And uh, maybe it was just the way the questions asked, and you know, I was doing two things at one time, kind of. But uh, yes, sir. Does it seem like to you that Newt has the total momentum? Does it seem like Romney is is who, whom everybody thought was going to be the guy? Uh, does it seem like that Romney is kind of being uh, uh, there's been a change of heart with the GOP right now? Actually, I think it's more with um, the voters themselves. Um... Or GOP voters, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean that was the I mean, pretty much is you know when you know the after effect of um, Romney not winning Iowa, you know it was it was going to be. I mean I think to even uninitiated that you know he would do well in in New Hampshire because you know to me New Hampshire politics is you know pretty much the same thing as Massachusetts politics. They're pretty pretty liberal and kind of moderate there. Moderate being. Uh, a PC where it's close, I can get to that. But yeah, I mean, just you know, he he would do well as their native son, and he would push well to there, and his politics wouldn't play so well in the South. I expected it to be, you know, I kind of figured it'd be a, a, Rom, a Romney second or third place, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect you know a, a double digit wiping of the floor with him, which I'm kind of kind of happy about that, by the way. Um, just because um, I, I think some people really do realize there is a big difference between. You know um, Christianity and Mormonism, and mm. so that doctrinal that doctrinal issue. Um, you know, you, I guess is that, that being important, and I guess is even I say even looking outside of that, being trying to be objective against you know towards Romney, um, just his 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 track record of changing positions all the time, and you know they go from one to the other. Pretty much is you can't go from one polar opposite to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without some serious thoughts, mind you, if you go from one to the other and then back again, you know, it's it's purposeful and it's not um, – it's political and purposeful rather than being something that say, you know, I changed my mind based on fact or based on information. It's He does that just to change with the wind, and that's – you know, I, I think of that scripture, that, you know, a double man of weight, a man is, you know, unstable in all his ways. He is. Mm. minded in a lot of things. 
And the thing, I think that's the part that bothers me the most about how he goes about things. He's, the, you know, a consummate politician. He's kind of like Clinton in, in, in no sense. Um, he, he knows when to shift gears. Yeah. We don't need we don't need a gear shifter right now. We need somebody that you know believes what he says and says what he believes. Um, you know, pretty much uh, you know, had Obama been forced to talk on his own without that teleprompter, him, you know, people hearing what exactly what he believes, he would not been elected president in 2008. He would not have been. Um, most people didn't believe how you know how radical his views were when it comes out to you know anti-American. Um, you know, anybody that quotes um, Karl Marx more than a few times and always done it in, in a kind of rever- in a reverent way, yeah, it ought to worry you. And you know, but we need to like do a lot of, uh, I guess, a better job of really, um, really informing you know voters, especially coming to this next year, this summertime. Yeah. And we, you, you know, know, we all we, we can to get the president out. We we uh we were both privileged to hear uh one person that we encountered that that we kind of interviewed and I have some of it on video, but uh, it's not good good video. But we we were both privileged to hear that uh one one voter who who we questioned uh we when we were with a, a colleague of ours a good friend of ours Lenny McAllister from CNN Saturdays, and uh yeah, you yeah. know we asked a young lady about you know who she would vote for who did she vote for. And uh, when we asked her if she would vote for, or why didn't she vote for President Obama, she said, uh, "It was, it's in the eyes. It was, a, it was a feeling." And uh, I gotta be quite honest, man. I, I'm, I'm not the Obama guy, but I feel some kind of way about the feeling and the, and the eyes voting. I think mm-hmm. that's how we get ourselves in trouble, Trey. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, okay, I'll put it out there. Like Lenny said to me, you know, a lot of people vote like that. Well, I understand a lot of people vote like that, but I think this is how we got, we ended up with someone like our president because it was a feeling from the sermon-like speeches. It was the eyes because the eyes were familiar to some of us out here. So it might have been the first time someone spoke well that could also speak alike and that a lot of black folks commonly could get could get with. Now, that's not who all got him elected only. You know what I mean? That There were a lot of white folks who voted for the president, too, because everybody was looking for somebody that could come along, that they could kick it with, that they could drink a beer with, that they could talk to, that could also speak well when it came to speeches. I, I mean, because this guy, his speeches are, are, are Martin Luther King-like. You know what I'm saying? I, I think in the future we'll look back and and, and I think people will say and and I know this is going to sound crazy to the people who who are like I thought you didn't like Obama. It it ain't about me not liking him. It's just I know what's going on. But I think his speeches. I think later in history we'll look back and some people will say that Martin Martin Luther King and and uh, President Obama his speech like uh, uh, delivery is, is very similar. Because it, it's almost historic when you listen to his inauguration speech, man. And uh, but all, all, with all with all due respect to people, and with all said, I just believe that there's no way that we can continue to vote with our feelings. I think I think I, there's too it's too easy to educate and arm ourselves with information, and I think we need to sway away from that because one people feeling one one person's feelings. Is another person's bigotry. Is another person's uh, 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 
stereotypical uh, uh, understanding of maybe a race or a certain type of person. I'm not. I'm not saying that that woman was racist. You know, I'm not even saying what race she was. She could have been black or white or blue or Puerto Rican or what may have you. But I just think right. that we need to get away from the feeling vote. We need to get away from looking at somebody's eyes and goes, yeah, I can't believe him because that man might got cataracts. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I think we, I think it's too easy, though, seriously, for us to arm ourselves with information, and we need to get away from that feeling vote. But I, I'm curious to know from you, uh, what do you think about uh, uh, comments like that? You know, where where do uh, they leave you? That was, uh, I, I kind of, uh, as we listened to that young lady, um, you know, voice her opinion, that was you know, pretty much as in Linda did a great job of actually getting her to mm-hmm. voice her opinion. Um, yeah. I, I, it boils down to, I think she rather, you know, she used, you know, she, I think the word she was searching for at the time was discernment. Because, like, you know, I mean, I felt the same way the first time I saw Obama was, I, I tell people this story, it really gives me, you know, it gives me, you know, it gives them understanding of, you know, why I felt, you know, you know, visceral at the very beginning. Cause, I mean, this, you know, this guy, you know, very first come on the scene in like '04 at the Democratic convention, and I'm like, person, I can't watch conventions on TV. I'm just, it's you talk about, you know, that to me is what, you know, that's like watching a sport. I don't understand. Like we'll say cricket. I don't understand cricket at all. That's I can't sit there and watch that. It just it takes too long. But something said, you know, Hogan said, go back. And so I went back and actually listened to the man talk, and he said one thing, and I'd love to say maybe about a year when I saw this. And he says, we need to sound more like Christians so we can take the evangelical vote away from the Republicans. And the way he said that, you know, and it's like, you know, did you get that? I kept saying, did you get that? Did you get that? And that was man saying, you know, after that you hear him talk, oh, I'm a Christian. He was he was making it sound, well, he didn't, he said exactly what he meant is, I'm not a Christian, but we need, to, we need to talk like Christians talk to, you know, Monday the water when it comes down to, you know, um, conservative candidates. And that really, it, it bothered my spirit for a really long time. But, he, you know, the more I looked into the man, the more I saw this track record of somebody that he, he says one thing, but he does the exact opposite. You know, and he'll say, well, I really don't want to support abortion. But, you know, he's a man that, that he championed partial birth abortion in, in, in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Kind of, the more I dug into him, the more I saw that, you know, he was a dangerous cat. So by the time, you know, he decides to, you know, he gets elected to the Senate, he's only there long enough to vote president a few times. They began, you know, campaigning for the presidency. You know, he he had a track record of not, you know, starting something, but never at, even actually intending to you know do the job that he was elected to do. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean that that was part of. It. So I I understood exactly what she was talking about. I, I listened to this guy. It's, it's kind of like watching you know somebody you know, and you you have to say okay for the most part he's a good guy, but you know he he happens to you know stretch the tooth a bit. He's mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a tall tale teller, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so you you know that certain things you have to say, you know when, when he talks about certain things you you laugh have a good time. He goes somewhere he say okay yeah I know that's a little stretch, you know you know rather than play with him on there or call him out on it I'll let that one go for now that kind of thing. But you know um, my pastor brought up today talking about there are certain things that are um, small things that can be dealt with, but there are certain things that are um, that are dangerous and doctrinal, and if you let it fester it'll cause much bigger problems. That's what I felt about mm. Obama from the very beginning. That was a guy that, you know, had 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 he um, never got his feet off the ground, you know, winning, you know, getting a Senate seat, you know, mm. he he would still be in, in in Chicago politics, and that would be it. Now, mind you, if you ever study Chicago politics, the dirtiest, shiestiest politics in this country. Oh yeah, man. Right in Illinois. Yes, My sir, buddy. <laughs> yes, sir. Selling seats. 
<laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. And Harry Kemper, look, how the Harry Kemper's name, that, that that shows you how biased the press is. Yeah. You know, they they kept because you know he got his his hands his grief about that one. Um, you know how he got that one point two million dollar house that he didn't keep very long. Obviously, they let they let it go to seed, and he didn't even know the thing got um got repoed on him. Comedy. She's to- totally unheard of, man. Ever, ever before. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things. That's kind of, and I, I really understand people that did vote for him to a point. And if, if they say that, you know, I just started, you know, I got involved in the, the excitement of seeing somebody, a, a black person, actually having a shot at the presidency. It's not like, um, you know, them when they were trying to tip Colin Powell to run or when um. What's the other, what's the other brother's name? The Republican that ran. I can't. My mind is going blank. I've been up for a couple of days. <laughs> um, it, it, wait, um, uh, I think he's out of himself. Actually, he ran against Obama. Um, or Alan Keyes. Alan Keyes. I like yeah. his, his angry self. He, he loses it. But, um, <laughs> he's a very very smart brother though. Yeah. Um, if he if he told a couple of things down, he, he intended to, you know, bend on things that are worth bending for. You know, and there's certain things your principles you ought not be able to bend at all, and that's that's the way it ought to be. That's why I don't like Romney. Um, he he has no, he's he's spineless to me. That's that's the, that's I guess that's the part that really bothers me about him to get off the subject. Mm-hmm. And same thing that's wrong with President Obama. He's spineless. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna opportunity to go ahead. I want I want to play this clip for you, and then I want to ask you uh, ask you. Uh, what that feeling was like. This, this clip is from last night, uh, actually at the Newt Gingrich celebration uh, party. And uh, <laughs> just just check it out for a second. KRP Radio, Pudgy Miller, just minutes after Newt Gingrich was reported live, uh, just minutes after the polls have actually closed. Right now they're celebrating. We're awaiting the arrival of Newt Gingrich in Columbia, South Carolina. Reporters are everywhere. There's supporters that are all over the room. If you look at the video, some of the video, you see that reporters are all over the room. There are people all over the place. We'll come back live with Speaker Gingrich. He will be on the stage really soon. We're waiting in about five, maybe ten minutes for Speaker Gingrich to arrive. You can see the room is electrifying. There are people all over the place. It's arriving and folks coming in, folks coming out. We'll be here in just a second, so we'll be waiting on Speaker Gingrich to arrive here in just a second. Reporting live for KRP Radio, Budgie Miller. So you 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 hear the chance of new 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 in the background, man. If people were really that that room was rocking, that people were happy, they were all over the place. What what was that like for you uh, to experience that and to see all those folks there? I don't know if you've experienced it before. I know I haven't. I haven't seen anything like that outside of outside of hip hop music, which is pretty close. But I hadn't seen anything like that where people were that enthused about uh, their candidate. Nor I. That, that was the first for me myself, and really, um, I, I had a chance to just uh, sit back and really take some of that all in when it comes down to just you know striking conversations with random people that were in there. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was definitely something that um, it was missing. I guess it's really, you've seen some of it kind of um, in 2010 when people were really electrified about you know some of the Tea Party events, not the events themselves, but um, getting behind um, 
some of the, uh, the the people that did win, some of the winners that didn't win, um, your congressional and senatorial spots, you know, from the federal level and down to the state level, um, these people that are um, everyday citizens that, are, that see the danger of where our country is heading and want to do something about it when it comes down to these professional politicians that just stay in office. Mm-hmm. Getting some of those guys out and kind of going back to what it was, um, citizens that take a take a break from their, their real lives, you know, go put some work in in Washington for the betterment of our country and, you know, for a little selflessness, and then go back to their lives eventually, not you know, spending 20, 30 years in Washington becoming part of the problem. Um, that I saw was, you know, kind of seeing people that were willing to um, get out and support the candidates. It's one thing to see, you know, some guy with a sign standing in the rain, but seeing a room full of um, energized, patriotic people. Um, and, you know, even, you know, some guy wearing, you know, jeans and a, uh, a T-shirt that has nothing to do with politics or anything like that, but be able to articulate the facts whether he's wearing a suit or not. Uh, I thought that was great. Thought yeah. that was great, and um, I'd like to see that kind of excitement in our own state coming May. But even though the race should be long over by then, um, <laughs> it is. I, I, I have to really fight that why our why our, um, our primary is so late. That's another issue altogether. But um, I thought it was great seeing that kind of excitement in the room and. So I'm really watching the crowd swell. I mean, from when we got there, Pudgy, to maybe an hour before um, we got there. I mean, you saw that from where literally maybe, what, 60 people when we first got there to where the room was so full you couldn't get in there. Oh, yeah. Just an hour and a half later. Oh, yeah. That I thought was interesting. I'm sorry I couldn't get better pictures, but that was also good. You know, I thought that was a good thing that you know people came there, and even people that were there for, like, a, the South Carolina Bar Association party, you know, they stuck on new twelve stickers and came in the party. You know, came in there and hung out with the people themselves. I thought it yeah. was interesting. It, it it definitely was, and I like I said, man, that that crowd was electrifying. And uh, I'm I'm not the like I said, I'm not the guy sitting on the bench waiting for Nuke to call me up. That's not me. But uh, like I said, you know, we got invited. We were there, and it, it was a great experience. And uh, definitely got to give a shout out to Tracy Benton, Tracy Benton, and her family. They were all there, Miles and uh, Miranda and David. B.I.G. shout out to them, man. I love those folks, man. Those those are some good people right there, and they definitely showed some love. Yeah. They were there. They were in the house, and they came out to see Santorum before, and they saw Nude. And, you know, these are the type of people that this country needs, man. These are the type of patriotic people that we should mold ourselves after, that, you know, people should pay attention to. I mean, the kids were there. And and it was, it was a beautiful thing to see, man. It, it was nice to see some regular people that we knew outside of the reporters and, you know, everybody who had their own agendas. It, it was really nice to see some regular folks there, and I loved it, man. I, I really appreciated that. I definitely um, uh, I, I definitely did that, and definitely for the, um, the veterans when they came out there. Um, knowledgeable children they're raising, that's the part I like a lot. Teenagers that are actually, you know, thinking about this kind of thing now, Um I kind of gravitated, you know, you know, I kind of took an interest about that 15, 16, about the same age, but really kind of lost that in my 20s and just, well, active duty, and I was overseas. Sure. Not really getting that, you know, kind of really uh, focused on that, but um, to have that kind of focus or understanding so early in life when, you know, uh, understanding exactly, I guess the good civics class helps that out, really understanding what our government can and can't do, and um, I, I think it's what we got so far away is um, um, the average person, um, not watching Washington close enough, but pretty much not holding them accountable, and not really caring what they did, and you know, unless they started raising taxes, then we start, you know, getting on the, you know, get on their cases. But um, 
but to be more involved in what they're doing and watching and holding them accountable, reminding them every every so often who they work for, not the other way around. Yeah, that, that and that's a beautiful thing alone, man. And and I, I was, it was just nice to see, nice to know folks like that. It was it was definitely nice to see and nice to be a part of that. You know, whether I'm the new guy or not, it was definitely nice to be a part of that. And uh, you know, I, I got to give new credit, man, and and Rick Santorum as well. You know, we didn't get a chance to see Ron Paul uh, personally speak to him. Uh, we did get to see him speak, and uh, I got some footage from that, and you know, I got it recorded and this that, and you know, I'll post that to the, the website later. But uh, you know, it it was nice to interact with those guys and know that they were real life human beings. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you watch people on TV and you try not to listen to, but you hear so much media about these folks and they paint the picture the way they want to paint it. And, you know, you try not to look at it for what it is, but you can't help it when you see so much of it. And it's, it's so overwhelming. And, uh, you know, you just hold on to what you know, but when you don't know anything about these candidates and, and the media is painting it a certain way, that's how you're going to look at it. That's how we all look at it. It's, it's just nature. It's human nature. You can't, you can't fight it off. And uh, so I challenge people to educate themselves and, you know, read some books, man, and take the time and research these candidates and, you know, get to know them for yourself the best way you can. You know, look at their history, uh, what's recorded. If, if they're government officials, it's always a positive look at the track record and, uh, you know, yeah. build your opinion from that. You know, that if I could give anybody any advice, that's the advice that I would give them, Trey. That's great advice, as a matter of fact. I mean, nothing I could add to that. Well, listen, it's beautiful, my man. I appreciate you coming on, my brother. Much love your way from me and mine to you and yours. And uh, we will definitely be in touch again soon. And expect some emails from me or, or either John, my assistant, but you'll, you'll get some emails real soon uh, from one of us. It, it should say KRP Radio Show about uh, what we have coming up and what we talked about last night. Oh, wonderful, man. Glad to be of service, sir. And definitely, man. I enjoy this weekend. Uh, let's, let's, let's keep let's keep getting busy, my man. We'll definitely do that, man. Shout out to you. One love. All right, man. Be safe, sir. So, yeah, that's my brother from the Frederick Douglass Foundation, Trey Baldwin, showing love always. We have run out of time. I apologize, people. I, I was trying to, you know, get through this thing here, but unfortunately we are out of time, so we have to close the show. Uh, I just want to put this out here, man, because of the debate. Uh, what's going on with the debate? And uh, we get, we got to close early for WMMG in uh, Washington. So shout out to the Washington WMMG 530 a.m. through 1600 a.m. on the on the East Coast, and also my people out there WMMG in Los Angeles. Shout out to you 530 a.m. through 1600 a.m. radio on your radio dial every Wednesday night, folks. 5:30 p.m. on the West Coast is the time that it plays. 8 p.m. on the East Coast with D.C. You can also catch us on blogtalkradio.com slash KRP radio show. The website, the new interactive website is on the way, folks. Bear with us. I know there's no not many new updates on the website, but you can find us on KRPRadioshow.com. We're also on iTunes. It's iTunes backslash KRP radio show. You can hit us up on there. And you can also find us online anywhere. Just Google KRP Radio Show. Go to Twitter at symbol KRP Radio Show at symbol NC Pussy. That's me. You'll see some links all over there. Hashtag us, baby. KRP Radio. We're gonna squeeze one more call out of here. We're on a two-minute delay. We got one more call on the air. Calling you with Pudgy. We got a minute. What's up? Hey, Pudge. This is Thomas. How are you? Oh, this is my man T. What's up, Thomas? And you gotta let me know when you're gonna call in early, man, so I can get you on the show early, brother. How you doing? 
I'm good. I actually just got on a few minutes ago listening to your last the last part of the show. Okay. But uh so, so real quick, uh, what do you think about uh, the debate this weekend? Or or whatever you about to say, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I actually was gonna comment about that. I like Newt and I like um obviously if Herman Cain was still there he'd be my man, but you know, and not because he's black, but just because I liked what he had to say. But really Newt and especially if he does go ahead and have Alan West join his campaign and they mm-hmm. become that ticket if he wins the nomination, that'll be a powerful that'd be a powerful duo. I think it'll be a powerful duo as well. We'll see what happens. And uh, I was supposed to be in D.C. tomorrow with uh, uh, Colonel West, but I, I can't make that, man. And uh, it's been a busy week for me already, so I got to put in some work at the nine to five, baby. I hear you. That's how but it goes. I just want to call in, give you support, and as you say, much love. Much love to you, my brother. Thomas, as always, man, I appreciate it. My love to you for me and mine, and uh, be blessed, brother. All right. You too. God bless. God bless you. You you have listened to the KRP Radio Show. I appreciate everybody for rocking with us. You are B.I.G. in my book. We are on the way out of here, folks. I appreciate you guys. Same time, same place next week. We will be on the air. Look for more video, man. And I want you guys to do something. Go to Facebook.com backslash I love being a black father. Add us. We're also on Twitter. Look us up. Find us. We are out there, man. We're doing big things. Shout out to my brother Rashad and Sister Tessa Woods holding us down. Also, directors and part of the, 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 I'm sorry, the I Love Being the Black Father Foundation. We're doing a BIG, baby. And hey, it's nothing but love, love, love to everybody out there. And if you don't remember nothing, remember this. You're BIG in my book. God is love. Love is God. We are out of here. One love.